the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Welcome to Dreams Not Memes Podcast. Hello everyone, this is another episode of Dreams Not Memes. Today I'm here with my friend Moisty Atsusushi. Uh, Moisty is a ska musician who's based in Vietnam and is from Japan. And today we're going to talk to Moisty. How's it going? Uh, not too bad to yourself. Thank I'm you do- for having me. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So how did you get involved in music? Um, so, uh, so how, where, I don't know where to start, but uh, music actually never be part of my life when I was in Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always wanted to play and stuff, but it's never happened. So um, I left Japan's early 20s and moved to New Zealand. Then uh, I started playing music with the local Kiwi people. That's how I, yeah, that's pretty much started. But um, I'm, I get into the ska music. Mm, yeah, maybe 19, when I was 19 or 18. Uh, I discovered the two bands at, say, uh, at that time. Um, the bands called the Scatterlights. They are pretty much originator of the ska music from the Jamaica in the 60s. And then other band was Mighty Mighty Boston's from the, um, yeah, one of the popular ones from the third wave ska. And, I didn't quite put them together, but I did like the both of bands and then mm-hmm. started to, you know, slowly dig into the, all the ska music. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I love that because like a lot of times where we end up is usually because one thing led to another, which led to another, which led to another, and then now we're here. So what brings you to Vietnam? Um, so I was living... I, you know, I lived in New Zealand for half of my life, about um, about 20 years. And then uh, in 2015, I decided to travel from UK to Singapore without airplane. I thought that were, you know, cool things to do. So I decided to do that. So... I travel with my guitar, so I play some festivals and local gigs. Um, so I met a bunch of musicians, and it, it made me think: mm, Do I still want to live in the New Zealand another twenty years? And then, uh, yeah. So after I finished my trip, I made a decision to leave New Zealand. I had a pretty comfortable life. It, I must say, it was a pretty good life. Um, but yeah, I decided to leave the country and start from the scratch. And so I was going to stay in Cambodia, but uh, I didn't quite get the job that I like. So ended up, I was living in uh, Thailand for a couple of years. Then uh, I got a job offer in Vietnam afterwards. So I've been here about two years now. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Let's take a quick break and then continue this conversation.
Quick message. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Dreams.Memes. Please make sure to follow Dreams.Memes Podcast on your preferred streaming channel or on Instagram at Dreams.Memes Podcast. To support Dreams.Memes Podcast, feel free to contact me at adaywithoutlove at gmail.com for advertising or sponsorship opportunities. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, now we're back. So it's really fascinating that, you know, you did a non-airplane tour from the UK all the way over to the Singapore. What were some of the ways that you prepared yourself for that? Hmm, well, yeah, so the first thing I discovered is actually, oh, wow, you don't actually need an airplane to travel between those two places. <laughs> that was the one thing I prepared. And also, of course, the visa. Um, that fortunately, I still have Japanese passport, which helped quite a lot. Because um, the most of Asian countries, I can go travel visa free. Like, you know, if you travel with the New Zealand passport or the state, the US passport, you have to get quite a lot of. Uh, visa to get through the Asian countries like you know Mongolia or China or Vietnam yeah so the one thing I really had to organize was the just a um, visa in Russia so that was a bit tricky part because I needed to get the visa in London when I landed, but I I knew that I was going to stay in uh, Europe for good one or two months. That means that I, or kind of like you, know, you have to apply the visa. No, no, no. Once you get the visa, you have to get into the country within certain amount of days, like you know one or two months or something like that. So that was a quite um, yeah pushing the limit, but. Yeah, that's true. Gotcha. Yeah, that, it's very, very impressive. And like, what was the booking process like? Were you just like networking through the internet and things like that? Or did you yeah, have yeah, a yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, internet. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good, eh? It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's still great. And what was the most standout country or, or town or city that you played in? Um, I really loved playing in Spain. And I, I did enjoy the Moscow because that place was very unknown to me. That what I can hear all the news is that you know how communist countries are fucking awful kind of stuff. True, but true. you know, actually get into the countries that people are really nice and then the the ska music and the early reggae music is thriving down there. So that's kind of like you know for me it's an awesome discovery. And where else? I did like um, Singapore and Cambodia, I got to say. Those two Asian countries are quite... um, You don't know much about the light music scene, but once you get into it, I was like, wow, this is actually quite a cool place. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. So moving forward to today, 
What are some things that you're working on now? Um, uh, eh, well, I try to work on a new album. It's been almost 10 years last time I released the album. Um, but I don't know to where to start in this situation. <laughs> I got all the songs and everything in my head and it's kind of ready to go. But uh, do I want to go through everybody online to do the recording or I just, yeah, I just sit and wait for now and see what's going to happen in the world. True. And is that just because of like COVID? Because like, I completely relate to you in terms of like, yeah, I want to record an album, but how I want to promote it is limited because yeah okay that's yeah that makes complete sense that's uh that's a one thing also I'm in Vietnam and the music scene here isn't great I gotta say it it is not great no gotcha it's a very dry so you know when I go yeah I went to I wanted to buy an extra guitar so I went to the all the instrument stores last weekend they only sell a uh, Stratocaster, Telecaster, Les Paul. That's it. If you want to get something else, an extra guitar, yeah. I said to the guys, like, don't you have like, you know, Jazzmaster or the Mustang or, you know, something else? And then he goes, oh, nobody wants to buy those stuff in the Vietnam. <laughs> what? What? Wow. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no way. And now I'm stuck in this country. I don't know how to, you know, ordering the online from the overseas. I don't know how it's going to work. So, yeah. True, true. Yeah, I, I know shipping fees from here to anywhere else, uh, that US is expensive. So I can only imagine what the fees are like, you know, from another yeah. country, from another country. So I, I can definitely imagine how difficult that is. That being aside, something that really stuck out to me is the fact that you said Vietnam has like a dry music culture or community. So how have mm-hmm. you been keeping yourself fulfilled creatively or artistically? Like what's the culture like in Vietnam? Well, in terms of my well-being of being an artist, nothing much I can do. But um, I think I'm very fortunate that, um, you know, some people still get in touch with me, like, you know, Monica. And, you know, we still say hi to each other. Also, um, uh, oh, yeah, so that's another thing is that um, the Seven Inches will be released in the UK in a couple months' time. And that's kind of stuff really, you know, motivated me. Because um, the reason why I'm in Vietnam well, initially, I wanted to be in Southeast Asia because I can go travel to play all the gigs around the neighborhood, like in you know, Hong Kong, so Cambodia, Indonesia, Singapore, stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's w- what I was doing in Thailand. But yeah, now there's a couple um, live streaming gigs as well but um, that's not quite safe mate 
No, it's, it's be not. Sorry. No, you're, you're completely right. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I run an open mic and it's been great. Like, you know, I have people from my area as well as like all sorts of uh, parts of the world coming in. It, it's not the same. And you're completely mm. right about that. So what are some ways that you've maintained resiliency as a touring artist and a recording artist? Because to have done as much as you've done is not an easy feat. Well, uh, my objection or subject, it's, it was always crystal clear. I wanted to play like really authentic ska, ska from the 60s, like in Jamaica. So in New Zealand, I bought a cassette type player to do the recording and then I... I actually talked to the people from Jamaica, like, you know, the original member of uh, Scatterlights or the, the singer from the 60s. And then I asked, I actually asked them what was like in the uh, recording, you know, back in the days. So, yeah, that's, I try to do as much as I can to maintain the authenticity of Sky music, but uh, in terms of lighting the music, it, it never, you know, my song will never be authentic sky music. Mm-hmm. I could replicate the how I play or, you know, how I record, but yeah, the creativity is always different, but that's the same in the 60s, 50s, even 70s. True. So that's um, I I did really work hard on that, which I'm glad I did. But uh, unfortunately, though, you know, um, uh, when I released those kind of stuff in the New Zealand, there wasn't much reaction. But you know, my friend loved it. But it's just the uh, you know the general public in New Zealand that was wasn't yeah it wasn't there. But I knew that would happen, so I did say to my, my band before the course, anybody who involved them, um, my recording said, look, it's not going to be huge in the New Zealand, but I'm pretty sure we'll get some sort of recognition from the overseas. And, you know, I'll release this album 2014. Yeah, so more than five years or quite a long time ago. But uh, yeah, still people asking me about, about that. So that's quite cool. Yeah. Especially in the era where people listen to albums and forget them. And, you mm. know, if you're still standing the test of time, you're, you're doing something great. What was the recording process like for you in, in making that record? Mm. One word to describe, it's a really organic process. So that when we did a recording, that one, um, last album, we hired, um, it's kind of like the community hall. It's quite big. And then just one microphone or maybe two microphones. And then four musicians and, you know, just do the 
backup trucks. I mean, uh, yeah, the whole rhythm trucks then over the uh, home sections. But it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it was a quite journey. Then uh, we also recorded in my kitchen in my flat back, uh, yeah, at that time. And drums there, bass there, and then uh, over the, the whole horn sessions, then saxophone, trumpet, trombones together. Yeah, uh, uh, it was fun, but uh, yeah, it's, um, what's the words? I can't even describe what it is, but uh, that, that was a really hard work, I gotta say. True, true. Yeah, I mean, to record in your kitchen, you definitely must have gotten some really good like tones in the in the in the room. I'll have to definitely dive back into your record, and just to be able to have, you know, all of those sections happening, you know, in tandem the way that you described, must have been a lot of fun. That's that's that that just sounds like a whole a whole time because it's mm. like these are songs that I wrote, and all these people are here for me, and, and I've got mm. all my parts coming in. And it's being done the most organic and homemade way possible. And I think sometimes, mm. like, the best records are made when, you know, a community comes out together out of it. Mm. For me, it was more like, it is kind of like a really intense experience. Because, mm -hmm. of course, the, my artistic way that I wanted to go this way, but it's not quite moving that straight way, and then meanwhile, you know, that all these people said, oh, you should do this and this and that. So also that gives me a little self-doubts as well. So it's just a emotional constantly fighting within me as well. So it was quite intense experience. And then after I finish, the artist of me goes, uh, I don't like this at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, you know, everybody else, oh, this is really cool and awesome. But I just couldn't see it. But, but yeah, it is an um, um, emotional roller coaster, I suppose. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. But, like, during the times that you felt like you didn't like what you were creating, what pushed you through to say, all right, let's keep on going with this process? Well, that one was supposed to be beginning of journey instead of that finishing products. So mm -hmm. there was a, a lot of um, um, experimental ideas and the method included. So that I supposed to be doing the recording maybe started five years ago at least, but yeah, I never had a chance to do that. So, but the energy that I spent on the album just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was enormous, so <laughs> I needed to have a break, and then, uh, yeah, still not there. No, no, I, I completely hear that. So, moving forward, like, granted, what you're working on now is kind of uncertain. What are some future goals that you have for yourself as an artist? Like, whether that means playing in a specific country, doing a tour with someone, mm -hmm. what, are, what are some things that you've always wanted to do that you haven't gotten to do yet? I don't know. I did quite a lot of things. I'm quite happy with that, my, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, past. But um, I really like to release another album. 
but that's just the next album will be just purely instrument album. And yeah, I do sing, but I don't like it at all. Um, it's just I'm not like the writing words, lyrics person. So it just doesn't mean anything to me. So it's pointless for me. But yeah, um, anyway, so I really want to do instrument album. Then I also want to do the tour perhaps in the UK and Europe. And I, I do like to go South America as well. True, true. I, I appreciate your transparency about, you know, writing lyrics, because, like, I'm extremely a lyric... I'm a very lyrical person, like, when it comes to music. Mm. Like, uh, a lot of times I'll listen to a record before there's lyrics first, and some people will be like, this, this record was amazing. I'm like, it said nothing. No, it was not. Like, you know... Um, mm. But, like, I like that you were honest about, like, lyrics don't do too much for you, like, for you. Because, mm. like, I think a lot of times people forget the fact that you could be just as expressive by writing instrumental music. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then people assume when you play, insta play instrument, you know, they can sing beautifully or the lights of beautiful words and all the stuff, but I don't get enjoyment through writing the lyrics because for me, the writing process is more like the putting a layer of different parts of the music. And that's, yeah, that's the part that I get really enjoy. I don't know. Is that the same to you? <laughs> um, sometimes. I would say mm. that's more so when I do collabs because, like, I do write collaborations with musicians outside of my genre and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it, it definitely feels like more of a process when I'm, like, outside of my shell. But when I'm writing for yeah. me, like, when I'm writing A Day Without Love songs, it feels a lot like storytelling. And I'll do that rewrite mm. if it means, like, oh, I want to write a chorus or a hook a little bit better so it's catchier or, you know, mm. I want to include a metaphor but that comes a little bit more naturally to me because I'm talking about an experience that I had. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I could definitely see how it can be stressful because um, some of the best lyricists say, like, I know you think I love this, but I don't because there's so much pressure on every single word yeah. that I have. So, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. It's a, it's a different uh, perspective, I suppose, you yeah. know, from the artist's point of view and the listener's point of view, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, some lyricists will say <laughs> they treat every word like a note. And if if the yeah. if the words aren't there, then it's not mm -hmm. there, and they, and they yeah. fall it apart. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I definitely feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what advice do you have to people that would like to tour, you know, globally, like the way that you've had, like how should they prepare themselves? I mean, you can't really do much now, but like when we can. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. Okay. Well, well, for me, well, from my experience, I didn't just go overseas straight away because mm -hmm. um, I did play music in New Zealand and for a long time. I did establish my positions as a scholar musician. 
in the New Zealand. Uh, it's a, internet's a, such an awesome tool. So I do sort of made an effort to connect with the musicians in the outside the country. And also I did help the people who's coming to New Zealand, like I hosted a few artists from overseas and to like play in the music, um, you know, so it's much more meaningful friendship, I suppose. So when I go on the out overseas, they can help me out, stuff like that. And that's a really good example is, um, do you know uh, Chris Murray? He's um Canadian musician, played this acoustic ska, but he lives in the LA. I think I do. I, I've definitely have seen him like across my like my social media yeah. feed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, I did send the email first. Say you know, I I I did say to him, say you know, I really like the music, such and such. Anyway, so you know, if you have any chance to come to the New Zealand, let me know. And we always kept in touch. That's such an awesome. This guy, you know, he had no idea who I was. But anyway, at one point, there was an ch- uh, opportunity for me to uh, travel to LI. And then, uh, yeah, he offered me to stay his house and then pick me up from the airport. So, you know, we hung out a few days. And then uh, I think next year he came to New Zealand. So I helped his tour in the New Zealand. In uh, oh yeah, so another thing is that um, I was supposed to go. So when Chris came to New Zealand, one year later, I had the opportunity to play in the Brazil because our bass player was uh, from Brazil, mm-hmm. and he was in the Brazil at that time. So he said, "Oh, you know, I can help me out on a do tour and stuff like that." Anyway, well, having a Japanese passport wasn't a good idea at that time. Um, mm. I totally thought I didn't need a visa to get into the Brazil. <laughs> so my flight was uh, Auckland, New Zealand to uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, to the Brazil. So I spent the one night in uh, Argentina, um, Buenos Aires, and the next day, you know, get up in the morning and just go to the airport. And they say, you can go to the Brazil. It's like, oh, what do you mean? It's like, oh, you need a visa. It's like, oh, can I get a visa here? It's like, no, you have to go to the embassy. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so the Chris saw my, um, you know, Facebook update or whatever, something like that. Uh, he introduced me this guy, um, Daniel from uh, Buenos Aires. He, he is also Sky Missions and he helped Chris to do the tour um, Argentina as well. So, you know, just through him, we connected each other and he helped me out with the rebooking the flights and the visas and all the stuff. But he also, was working on his solo album. So, you know, uh, of course, I play, he asked me to play guitar, so I play a couple of tunes in the album. Then, yeah, 
that's kind of really, really, um, it's just a lot. But it was quite awesome experience to connect other people in the world through like that. Yeah, so that's how I established like sort of getting to know people in overseas. And then uh, next thing is uh, my uh, sort of social networks just getting bigger and bigger. Then, uh, yeah, people from the UK or Europe contact me or the car contact them. And then that's how I get to get around the world, I suppose. Yeah. It's really, it's but, uh, really. It's, uh, you need to have a good laugh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think your stories and, and our conversation is a reminder that while making music can definitely feel like an at-home experience, meaning like, you know, your city, your town, your country is the only place you can play. Mm. The world is really like your oyster or your place of connection. Mm. And and learning from your story really reminds me and, and should remind listeners that don't limit yourself. Take what you love and see where you can extend that love in as many places as possible. Mm. So it, it's definitely been a really good time talking to you on Dreams Not Memes. Hi, this is Brian from A Day Without Love. Thank you for listening to Dreams Not Memes. I just want you to remember, your dreams matter. If you'd like to support this podcast, email at daywithoutlove at gmail.com for donation information, or follow me for weekly episodes. Thank you for listening and joining my journey. Have a good day.